Now, the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant. I remember I was watching a video from Ray Vanderland, who has done 16 videos now on reconnecting us to our Hebrew heritage and our Jewish roots. He's on Sinai. Actually, he wasn't on Sinai. He was on Mount Katrina, across from Jebel Musa. They could be candidates for Mount Sinai. But anyway, he's on top of a mountain. And he said, isn't it interesting that I have a token, a sign of my covenant. It's a wedding ring. He said, is God telling us that the Sabbath is our wedding ring between us and the bridegroom? That, ladies and gentlemen, really blew me away. I, I'm looking at the Sabbath in a completely different way. God never said it's a wedding ring, but it is a sign between us. It's a sign of the covenant. What's the covenant? He compares it to marriage. A sign. This is my sign. Like a wedding ring. This is getting powerful. Do you understand what you're dealing with today? This is time. This is not ritual. God took a piece of time and made it kadosh. You need to grasp this to understand its relationship. So it's first in the list. Now we're beginning to see that God perhaps meant it to be first because it is probably more important than the other feast. It is kadosh, it's holy, just as we're supposed to be holy. It's only feast, part of the ten or the covenant. And now it's a sign between us. This is the very words of God, ladies and gentlemen. These are not the very words of Moses. And don't get me wrong. The Shema, I say it every day. Jesus said, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. This is the greatest commandment. Who's Jesus? God. What did he just say about Moses' words? So that's the aspect of a prophet. A prophet is speaking God's word just as Jesus did. So these are the very words of God, uh, very words of God, and this is a big deal. This is really a big deal. Now let's go to the same group of verses, and let's go to Exodus 31.14. In Exodus 31.14, we read something that is really difficult to swallow. Here it is. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. That's not easy to explain. Whoever does any work on it shall be cut off from among the people. We need to address that. Double trouble. There's no other feast like this. You profane it, you're dead. Capital punishment. The electric chair hanging. I don't know what it'd be. Stoning in those days. This is like murder. Murder put to death. By the way, the Hebrew there is uh, you will be put to death. 
That phrase is only used in the Hebrew throughout the Torah for capital punishment, execution that will be done by the Hebrew people, by the judges. That's it. God never does that. Okay? So you can take a look at it. It's all related to capital punishment, like murder, public execution, profaning the Sabbath. Now, with regards to profaning the Sabbath, I just want to let you know that Greg will be sending an email out to the church for a new committee, and it will be the Sabbath uh, uh, Execution Evaluation Committee. <laughs> so he'll be looking for volunteers to judge the people who have profaned the Sabbath, and uh, I guess there will be an execution squad, but we haven't got there yet. So God's Word says, so we have the execution squad. So... I'm treating that lightly because the thing is, this is a tough question. This is Israel. This is you. What does Israel mean? Struggle with God. I struggle with this. This is not easy to swallow. This is. So I'm going to take uh, comments from the Rational Bible. That is Dennis Prager's work. Dennis Prager is a deeply, deeply religious Jew. He's an intellect par excellence. And one of the things that he does is he tries to teach the Bible, and he tries to teach what does the Bible say, what does the Bible not say. So he will say, the rabbis might say some very interesting things like, the ninth of Av means that this is related to when the people did not believe the report of Joshua and Caleb, Okay, but they believed the lie, and then God punished them, and they couldn't go in. That's not the ninth of Av. You can't prove it. The rabbis will have some sort of rationale, but it's not there. Dennis is basically saying that's not there, all right? The Bible does not say that. He blesses the rabbis. I got the idea, but I'm not going there. What does the Bible say? That's what he does. And that's why it's called a rational Bible. So he has some comments on this as he addresses the idea of profane. And he's trying to give us his thoughts. Okay? And he said, profaning the holy day, what does this mean? And he said, it could be that it has, uh, it, it goes against the primary uh, purpose of the Sabbath. The primary purpose of the Sabbath from God's word is that we're to remember that God created everything. So therefore, the Israelite who violated the Sabbath in public undermined the most fundamental teaching of the Torah. An Israelite who openly and flagrantly desecrated the Sabbath was intentionally leading others to deny God. Or to deny God was the creator of all things. He said that is a strong possibility of what profane means. The other thing is, with regards to work on the Sabbath, the word there is karat, cut off. Uh, I can't go into this. There, are, I think, are like probably 30, 35, 36 verses that where you will read cut off from the people and the word is karat. It's also used for cutting the covenant. But when God says you will be cut off from the people, it is now, from a scholarly point of view, especially from scholarly rabbis, God only does this. And it doesn't mean being put to death. We don't know what it means. But if you work on the Sabbath, God is at a karat you. Cut you off. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no other feast. We get into a lot of double trouble. This is huge. The karat idea is a mystery. It's only done by God alone, seemingly. And it's normally related to a ritual 
with regards to laws in the Torah between you and God. You violate something like that, and all of a sudden God says, I will cut you off. So, by the way, I accept the idea that you cannot figure out all of God's word and be comfortable with it. I accept this. I struggle with this. I want to be part of Israel. I want to struggle with God. God, what did you mean by this? God, what did you mean by this? Lord, what did you mean? Silence. What do you mean by this? Another piece. Oh, there is a piece though that I need to read. With regards to this, from Dennis Prager's Rational Bible. This is very important because in Judaism, these verses are troubling. Here's what he has to say. For the record, historical record, except for the man who was executed for publicly gathering word on the Sabbath, there is no record of Jews putting the Jew a death, uh, putting a, a Jew to death for violating the Sabbath. None. And they are hardly about to begin today. Now listen to this. If Jews put Sabbath violators to death, it would be genocide. <laughs> You want to kill the Jews? Get your get your Sabbath uh, execution squad or whatever. He said no Jewish high court has existed in the last 2,000 years with any authority to execute anyone for anything. And he goes on to say, more than likely what God is saying, this is a big deal. I'm serious about this. Could it be that God is saying, I don't mean you to execute people? Whoa. It's a struggle. That's Dennis Prager's view. I accept his view. It's the one that makes most sense to me. So, let's go on to Exodus 35, verses 1 through 3. And Exodus 35, 1 through 3, we read... Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn and rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all of your dwelling places on the Sabbath. What? So you know what that means? If you go home and turn on your stove, you've kindled the fire. You've broken the Sabbath. My wife and I will not turn on the stove on the Sabbath from now on will use electricity because I'm a scientist and I know electricity is not fire. Okay, now the orthodox rabbis would disagree with me, okay, but I'm a scientist and a physicist and I know that. Dennis Prager agrees with me as well. So, you, uh, all the other feasts, you'd say, we have this mistaken notion that all the other feasts are Sabbaths. No, they're not. You can cook at the Passover. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, you can cook. Okay, and it doesn't say it's a Sabbath. It just says it's a special day, don't work, okay. And it doesn't say about building a fire. Sukkot, you can build a fire and don't do any work. So you say, therefore, it's a Sabbath. No, not. Because Sabbath doesn't necessarily mean not work. That's another thing. Let me just do this very quick, because this will be just, uh, interesting to you. Does God need to rest? No. Come on. 
Well, that's the definition of Sabbath. It doesn't mean take a nap. It doesn't mean lay down. It doesn't mean let your muscles relax for a while because you've done all this. What Shabbat means is to cease, to desist, to give it a rest. Not to. T You'll say, that, here's a good classic example of the Torah. Uh, God said, even your animals, make sure they rest. Make sure they do the Shabbat. Okay, so you've got some horses. You're a rich Jew 2,000 years ago, and you've got your horses, and they plow, and they pull your wagons, and they're working, and the Sabbath comes. Okay, so you take your horses, and you bring them to the corral at your house, and you got them all tied up, and you look at your horses and say, Horses, I want to tell you something. It's Shabbat. Lay down! <laughs> lay down. 24 hours you lay down. You know what the horses are going to do? First of all, they won't listen to you. They're going to run around the pasture. They're going to eat and poop. They may make little horses. They're going to have fun. <laughs> do you understand what God is saying? Stop this to do something else. You're actually doing things on the Sabbath. You guys drove here. You're doing something. I'm working today. I am working today. I am preaching today. Very interesting. So the Sabbath means to cease, to desist. God, does, he, he stopped. Okay? And we're supposed to do the same thing. Cease and desist. And do something else. Study Torah, be with people, have a wonderful dinner, enjoy each other, enjoy our kids, enjoy my granddaughter. My granddaughter and I are going to be watching The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe tonight. Right, Ness? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to take a nap and bypass that activity. If I did, I may be violating the Sabbath, because I'm just supposed to cease and desist. Anyway, coming back. Yom Kippur, there probably is a Sabbath a strong indication that you're not going to cook on that, that, that day, besides you're going to fast. Uh, all of the Sabbaths, all of the other feasts are not Sabbaths. They're called Yom Tov. You have to under, that's, you have to get into studying the feasts from a Jewish perspective, not a Christian perspective. A Christian perspective, oh, they're all Sabbaths. No, they're not. Okay? They're called Yom Tov. However, the rabbis say, why don't we treat them as Sabbaths? So you're doing what rabbis are saying, that they're Sabbaths? They're not. Because they don't say they're Sabbaths. They're Yom Tov, good days. But we'll treat them that way. Uh, what Jesus did is that they would light their fires before sundown, and they would let them burn, and they would not reignite them. That was kind of the rule of thumb uh, in Jesus' day. Now, what's interesting is in his prayer again. Why can't you light a fire? What's the big deal? Come on. Okay. So, comments again from him from his rational Bible on Exodus. And he says, why does God make a ban of making the fire. He says it could be that it might re relate to the meaning of Shabbat itself. We are to affirm that God is the creator by not working or creating on the day. We're ceasing our work, desisting. Okay. Now, aside from making a new life, making the fire is a very symbolic act of human creation. Animals can make new life, yes? We can make new life. But animals can't make a fire. Only man or woman. As only God creates ex nihilo from out of nothing, kindling fire is like 
human beings creating something from nothing. Isn't that interesting? By kindling a fire, humans are engaging in an act uniquely close to creating. Whereas the purpose of the Shabbat is to refrain from such acts in order to affirm one creator as God. The other thing is Everett Fox, a brilliant Torah scholar, and he said also a fire transforms things. Okay? If you light a fire and you set your house on fire, it's going to transform your house in a matter of time. Okay? You are not allowed to transform the earth on Shabbat. You don't transform it. You enjoy it as it is. So why do anything that has the danger of transforming the world? You're in time and you're enjoying the time as it is. Fascinating comments. Matter of fact, I want to do this. Dennis Prager, God bless him, is a religious Jew. Uh, there are many times I will be studying under him. I have all of his Torah study for the last 25 years, every word, every verse. My Torah study on Sunday nights is based upon this. There are many times Dennis, God bless him, he'll come to a certain part and he'll stop and say, see, we have no answer. And I'm listening, and I scream out loud, Dennis, you don't know Jesus! He is the answer. If he only knew. So I pray for this man. Pray. This guy is, if there's any religious Jew that from a scholarly point of view should understand who Jesus is, this is the guy. Pray for him. He is, he is amazing. And he gave me the whole thing that the Shabbat is a big deal. So I just want to let you know, he was kind of my inspiration, but I was already on the track. But anyway... So this is getting very, very serious. If we create a fire, it's symbolic for I am God. And the Sabbath, and on the Sabbath, we remember that God is only the other, uh, the only creator, the only creator at all. Now, here's some one interesting aspect that I would like to end with. In Deuteronomy 32:39, the words of Moses. Now, this is the very words of Moses. Moses said, "This is what God says: I give life and take life." There is no other God like me. I give life and take life. So therefore, if you murder somebody, if you take life, what are you saying? I'm God. Whoa. Genesis 3, verse 5. What did the serpent tell Eve? You can be like gods. What's the sin of the garden? You can be God. What happens to a murderer in the Bible? Death. What happened to all of us, every one of us, because of what happened in the garden? Death. What happens if you profane the Sabbath? Now, the Jewish people say, probably no, you're not going to die. But you understand, God is saying, do you see how serious this is? So we conclude the Sabbath. It's the most important of all of the feasts. It's the most important of all of the appointed times. Robin and I, we light two candles before sundown. We go through certain prayers and that type of stuff. And when we look at those two lights, we're to remember God's creation, yes? What, what did he create on the first day of creation? What did he create on the first day of creation, everybody? Life. 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 When did he create the sun and moon? What day? Four. Four. 
So here's light created on day one with no sun or moon, right? Go to the book of Revelation, chapter 22. There's going to be a light in the new Jerusalem. Whose light? The light of the Lamb. The menorah of Yeshua. And there will be no need of the sun or the moon. When you do Shabbat, you are celebrating God's word, Genesis to Revelation. This is huge. So when Rob and I have our Erev Shabbat and when we come here, the whole 24-hour period, what are we doing with this? We're celebrating this. this. The whole thing. Every week. This is awesome. So, knowing this, does that mean, are we doing Shabbat the way God wants us to? That would honor him and please him? Knowing this, and it's awesome, would we consider adding or enhancing things that we do in the 24-hour period? I didn't say here. You're doing a Mikra HaKodesh. You're doing a holy convocation. Great. I'd like it. You might say, well, we can add and maybe we can enhance this based upon what Shabbat is. But this is time. It's not going to church. Going to church is only part of a 24-hour period. What are you going to do on Friday night when the sun goes down? What are you going to do before you go to bed or when you get up on Shabbat? What are you, in light of this is the biggest, this is huge. God said, you are deserving of death if you profane my Sabbath. And if you do, I will cut you off. Whoa. We're grafted in. We're grafted into what? You're grafted into the olive tree of Israel and into covenants. You're joint heirs and heirs. You're heirs of all the promises of God. We become part of the covenant people. The Sinai covenant becomes ours. That's a new covenant. Jesus establishes a new covenant at the mountain of God, which is Jerusalem. The Shabbat, the Sabbath, has become our sign between us and Jesus. Who's our bridegroom? We're the bride. Do you see the connections? This is, explo this is explosive. I now wear a wedding ring to Jesus. It's my engagement ring. I'm engaged. I'm not married yet. The wedding feast of the Lamb is coming. <laughs> so it's a token between us. This is a big deal. Shabbat Hagadol 